We're going to um, go into God's Word. What the Lord has for us for this night, we don't know, I don't know. But as we um, go to Him and as we seek Him for His Word, God will speak to our hearts. God is very faithful. God is very, very faithful. Um, and I thank God for all the breakthroughs God has given. Uh, some of you went through different kinds of attacks you know, during this week. And um, God um, has given you breakthroughs um, from what God has spoken to you on the morning calls, um, during the um, Sunday services and during different meetings. And even this, this week's morning call, last week's morning call, God has been working in your lives. It is important to... Um, come expecting um, when you come to the presence of God, whether it's a morning call, whether it's the Sunday service, whether it's the Tuesday Bible study. We should never think, oh, it's just a morning call, oh, it's just a Bible study, or it's not church service, or it's just, or um, come casually to the presence of God to the church service. Um, may it not be that way. Whatever gathering it is, whether it's over the phone or whether it's over the computer, whether it's uh, in person, our God is the same. His presence comes where two or three are gathered together in His name, and He's there in our midst. So um, please be, um, please be um, um, mindful of the presence of God when you are, um, when you are um, in the morning call or during the Bible study or, or um, during the um, church service on Sundays, the same reverence you have on Sundays you should have for the morning call, you should have for the Bible studies. So as we are together in the presence of God, and just because the cameras are not on shouldn't be um, like... I'm not going to fully pay attention. I'm going to be doing, you know, other things and, and half the message is gone or most of the message is gone. And, uh, I don't know what God spoke. It's a serious thing when we say that I don't know what God spoke. If you don't know what God spoke, then your heart is not in it. Understand this. If you don't know what God spoke on Sunday service or if you don't know what God spoke during the worship, if you don't know what God spoke during the morning call, you don't know what God spoke during the Bible study, then your heart is not in it. It's not like people have memory problems, you know. You may not remember every name and every date, and that's fine. But what God spoke to you, you should know that. This is the maker of heaven and earth who has spoken. You should know what God spoke to you. And what is of interest to you is something that you always remember. So if someone comes and talks to someone who is interested um, uh, in trains, you know, if they have an interest in, you know, for trains, then they will sit and talk for hours together about trains and about subways and about, you know, uh, you know, underground stuff and about, you know, overhead stuff and whatever it is, all kinds of trains and electric trains and diesel train, you know, whatever train, goods train, they'll be engaged in that fully. If someone is interested about science, they will sit and talk for hours together about science. When someone is interested about animals, they'll sit and talk for hours together about animals. And they will remember every fact about every animal out there. 
and someone who's interested in video games, you sit and talk to them about video games, they'll talk about every character that is there. But when it comes to things of God, there comes an amnesia. All of a sudden, I'm not able to remember, I'm not able to recall, I'm not able to, may God help us. If we're not able to remember what God spoke to us, then we have not really paid attention to what God spoke to us because the Bible says, be a careful listener. This is God Almighty speaking to us, whether it's Sunday service, whether it's morning call, whether it's evening meeting, doesn't matter what the setting is. What matters the most is God speaking to us. It is important we need to hear that because only when we hear it, we will obey it. Only when we hear it in order to obey it, we will hear it in order to obey it. That's when we will remember, we will not forget. So it's important for us to remember. Now, if someone genuinely has a memory problem, what they do? They write it down. They put sticky notes all over. They put reminders on their phones. You know, say about an appointment or something that's important to them. They do everything they can in order for them not to forget it, to remember it. So when it comes to the Word of God, we can never casually say, well, I forgot. What did God speak to you Sunday? Well, I forgot. What did God speak to you Tuesday? Oh, I forgot. Well, what did God speak to you during the morning calls? I don't know. What did you read from the Bible? I don't remember. Why are you even reading that? Why even there? I am here because I want God to speak to me. If I want God to speak to me, then I need to position myself in a way that He can speak to me, which is a heart that wants to listen and obey. Obey God Almighty. So, it is important for me to emphasize this as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to today. If God matters to you, if His Word matters to you, if what He's saying really matters to you, then you'll make effort. If you really have a memory problem, you'll make effort to write things down, you know, put things in front of you so that you remember, my God, He spoke to me. I need to remember this. I should not forget this. I want to keep this in front of me. If you can remember facts about other things, but not remember the Bible, then something is seriously wrong because your interest for other things is stronger than the Word of God and you don't even have the same interest that you have for other things for the Word of God. Not even that equal amount. It's not even there. should be more. But if you can remember the things you're not able to remember this, then something is wrong there. You have to work on really your desire for the things of God. You need to pray for that and you need to work towards that. And a lot of times, if you want to change the way, let's say the doctor comes and says, your health is a mess. You're going to die from heart attack. You're going to die from high blood pressure. You're going to die from diabetes. The doctor gives a report like that. Are you going to get mad at the doctor? No. Now you're going to listen to the doctor and see, what do I have to do in order for my health to get better, for me to improve? What do I have to do in order for me not to die from diabetes, and not to die from high blood pressure, not to die from cholesterol, heart attack, whatever? So what do you do? You come up with a plan if you want to live. I want to emphasize that. There are some people who don't care. I don't care, you know, whether I live or die. You know, I have five, five days, five days I'll eat my way to death. That's a fool. But if a person is wise, they will choose life. And for people who choose life, they would do what it takes to bring the necessary change in order for them to live. 
That means they would cut out sugar out of their lives if this is deadly and this is going to cost their life. It's going to cost their leg. It's going to cause an amputation. It's going to cause them to lose their vision. They're going to say, forget about sugar. I want to be able to see. I want to not have a stroke. I want to not get my leg amputated. I want to live. That's a wise person who would make changes. What do they do? They take the poison out. They take that which is hampering their health out. And what they do, they replace that place that this junk was occupying with something that is healthy. That has to replace that. Jesus said that. When an unclean spirit leaves a person, it will go and wander, go all over, then it will return back to its original home to see, can I sit there? So just not removing unclean things out, in, out of you, is sufficient. You need to fill that place with clean stuff. You should fill that place with good stuff. You should fill that place with godly stuff. It's very important. So, when it comes to wanting Jesus, when it comes to desiring the kingdom of God, when it comes to remembering, wanting to remember the word of God, it is important to cut out the things that are actually taking its place. And if you have your place overcrowded, you overcrowd your place with all kinds of junk, it's easy for you to lose that which is precious in the midst of that junk. You have a little expensive diamond ring and you put it there in the middle of a whole bunch of mess. And then you bring this and you put it there. You bring that and you put it there. You know what will happen? You will end up losing it. It can very well go into the trash along with some garbage there. You know why? Because you didn't take the steps that are necessary to put that precious thing where it belongs, which includes taking out some things that are occupying the important place and placing this about everything else. If you value the Word of God, if you value the presence of God, if you value God Himself, then your choices will reflect what your value system is, what you really value. If you value God, you're going to cut out things that are actually hindering your relationship with God. If you value God, then you're going to put away things that are really occupying that brain. It's taking up all the memory space there and you have less memory. What do you do when your cell phone is full? Like mine gets a lot of times because we record every family prayer. We record a lot of things that God uh, speaks to us. We record it. My, my phone is pretty much full. So when you look at the phone and you say it says memory full and you see the big red bar and, and now WhatsApp is closing and it's not opening and, and you can't really do anything in your phone and even uh, any song that we put out for the church, I use my phone and I record it on my phone. So what do I do? I go to my phone and I have to look at the things that are there. A lot of things are important. A lot of things are very important. I look at the important and the very important and see which ones I need to delete in order to make room for what? The most important stuff there. So what I'll do, I'll keep all the prophecies and I go and I look at the songs. And I see, okay, these songs are already on Box App. So what do I do? I delete all the songs that I already uploaded on Box App. What are all those copyrighted, all those are put on Box App? I go and delete. Why? I have a copy of this. 
But the prophecy is I only have one copy. So what do I do? Those I keep until I call Daniel and he backs up everything and he has it on a hard drive and have a double copy. Then I may take it off. But I usually don't take it off my phone because anytime I need, I go back to the date and I go back refer to. Why? Because God spoke is very important. Whatever God spoke is very important. Those stay here. So in order for me to keep those there and to add more of what God spoke to my important list of stuff that I maintain on my phone, I have to delete some things. Sometimes there may be some videos, you know, of the children that are there. Those things can go on hard drive. And those things can be put in a safe place, labeled with family things. There are sometimes some church things that will be there. Those things go under the church things. But when it comes to a prophecy that I would want to go back and refer to, what did God speak on February 28th family prayer? What did God speak on January? Whatever it is, because Spirit of the Lord will bring. Immediately I go, my phone is my immediate access. I go there and I look at the voice memo and I go to straight there and listen to it. So that is of value to me. That's how I operate because that's of value to me. But when it comes to the other stuff, I can put those on a hard drive. Even though I have my phone backed up, the prophecies are backed up. But I need access to it, so I have it on my phone. So when it comes to my phone, I have important stuff. My children's stuff are important. The church stuff are important. The songs are important. But I can have a copy of all those elsewhere. But this, I want the original on my phone. That is more important to me. That's my personal choice. So because of that, what do I do? I make room for this and I put the other things to the side. Because that is my priority. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the Word of God, our brain is like that. Like a phone, memory, bank. What is more important to us will be stored there. So what is of interest to you, you have it. If you think about your life, you may not remember everything that happened 50 years ago, but you will remember when someone really hurt you, that memory will be recorded. You'll remember when you had your, when the babies were born or something that's very dear to you, when you got married, certain important memories that are very precious that are very important, that really got your attention, that's very close to your heart, it stays with you. You remember when you really, 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 you know, gave your life for your loved ones. You remember that. You remember when someone gave their life for you. You remember certain things are are permanently etched in your memory because those are of great value to you. It just goes straight there in your memory. But other things you may not even remember. A lot of things may be erased. But what, whatever is more important, replaces. It replaces and replaces. When it comes to things of God, if it is of value to you, if it is of importance to you, you know what will happen? Because of your desire towards it, that becomes your priority automatically it will override. What will override? The desire for God will override all the temporary stuff, all the things that are not important. What will happen? There's a reorganization that takes place in your brain, in your conscience, in your subconscious level. 
where whatever is not as important to God's word will be pushed aside, pushed aside, pushed aside. I'm not saying family is not important. I'm not saying church is not. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there's something that's more important. God's word is something that you cannot forget, should not forget. If you forget, then there's a problem. You have to do what you need to do in order to keep that in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. David says, I've hidden your word. I have hidden your word in my heart. Dissect that scripture. Who? I. What are they doing? They are hiding it. You have a noun, you have a verb, and you have an adjective, you have everything there. Why? Because it is so important. I have to do something. And what is that action? I'm hiding it. Hiding what? His word. That's the most important thing. Where? In my heart. Why? Because I don't want to sin against you. What is that going to do that is going to keep me from falling? What are we doing in order to keep ourselves from falling? You know, a lot of times when people come to us for counseling, the biggest struggle is really their walk with God. When sin is there, it'll hamper your relationship with God. When your relationship with God is very strong, it'll kick sin out of one's life. That's what, what happened. That's how it happens. I've hidden your word. So, taking the word is my job. Hiding it in my heart is my job. Keeping me from falling is the word's job. Write this down. This is very important. I do my part, the Word does His part. You do your part, the Word does His part. You take the Word of God that God is giving you, that's your job, giving the Word is His part, He does that. See how beautifully God works with man and man works with God in order to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in man through man. By God's strength working in man. He gives the word, I take the word, and I hide the word in my heart. It comes from his storehouse to my storehouse, earthly storehouse. And I store it in my mind. When I store it, I'm storing it with a purpose. With faith, I'm storing it. Let me take you to the scriptures. The Holy Spirit wants me. I'm going to take you to the scripture. Turn to Psalm 119. And I'm going to read. Verse... Eleven, Psalm 119. My phone is a little slow. Just bear with me. Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I rejoice in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Praise be to God. I'm going to take you to a few more verses. They're above verse 11 and 12. Let's go to verse 9. Psalm 119, verse 9 onwards. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. And this is not only for young men. This is for women. This is for human beings of all ages. How can a human being cleanse his ways? Someone got polluted. How can they cleanse themselves from that pollution? And this is talking about the path itself. How can you have a clean path? How can you have a clean heart? How can you have a clean conscience? How can you have a clean self? How can you be holy, period? God, through His Word, He's speaking to our hearts at this hour. You want to know the secret of living a holy life? Today's Word is for that. It is important for you to do your part and let God do His part. It takes faith. So if you take notes, write this down. In order for you to have a successful, overcoming Christian life, which God wants you to have, because He's called you to be more than a conqueror, you need to do your part and let God do His part. Jesus said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man would hear my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And He's talking this to the believers, not to unbelievers in the book of Revelation. So, there is the involvement of men and there is the involvement of God in the life of men. In order for God to be involved in the lives, in the lives of human beings or in the life of a human being, the human being, there is looking for God's involvement should give access for God to work in his life. Let me tell you, we as spiritual beings can never have God work in our lives or Satan work in our lives without us giving permission to God or to the devil. We as human beings have been given the privilege to have the key in our hands and to give that to the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the devil. We have the choice to let God work in our lives or to let the enemy work in our lives. So, our path can be a path of holiness or a path can be a path of wickedness. And God says through His servant here in His Word how to keep your way holy, how to keep yourself holy. How can a young man cleanse his way? 
by taking heed according to your word. What should this person do? What should this human being do? Whether you're old or young, doesn't matter. How can you keep yourself holy by taking heed to the word of God? That means not just by reading the word of God, not by just reading 10 chapters a day, not by reading 15 chapters a day, not by just knowing how, when, where, what, and all those kinds of stuff in the Bible, which is head knowledge. That's not going to do anything. Who can live a holy life and who will be able to live a holy life? Those who take heed to the word of God. That means they really, really get a hold of the word of God, get the grasp of God's word. That means they say that I am going to obey him, period. Those who are really diligent in obeying the word of God. With my whole heart have I sought you. How did he seek God? With his whole heart. What is whole heart? Whole heart means whole heart. That means everything that is within their heart is directed towards God. That means there's not a speck, there's not a dot, there's not any room for anything else there. That heart is wholly devoted to God Almighty. So verse 10 says, With my whole heart have I sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. What's he doing? While he's seeking, while he is immersing himself in the word of God, he is also praying. He is praying for God to protect him, God to preserve him. It is important. The word of God is necessary and our prayer towards God to keep the word in us while we hold on to the word is necessary because God is involved in our lives. So two things need to be done. One is, my part in receiving the word from God's hands and giving, number two is, giving access to God to invade my life, to work in my life is very important. That's why you would see us pray in the church as the Lord, Lord, have your way in our lives. Come Holy Spirit. Why do we say that? Because the Holy Spirit won't just, just come, oh, this is a church. So this is Elbethel Church, by the way, and this is my church in God. Church belongs to God, right? So even though Jesus died for the church and the church belongs to God, he doesn't come and say, it's my church, so, you know, I'll just come any day, you know, any time the people come and they don't have to pray. The moment they come to church, you know, God just comes there and it doesn't happen that way. Even though the church is God's church, we as human beings must bring ourselves before God, want God, desire God. It is important to understand this. In a marriage relationship, just because someone is married, being in a marriage relationship out of obligation is very different from being married to someone because you really love them and because you really want to be with them, because you really want to spend the rest of your life with them is a whole different thing. That's a healthy marriage. That's how every marriage should be and will be if that marriage has been given over to God Almighty. Our relationship with God is not out of obligation, should not be out of obligation. It has to be out of a willing desire out of that relationship, that love for God Almighty. So, Psalmist says here, with my whole heart, everything that is within me, that means I have no desire for anything else. You are my desire. We're not just singing this, it's my desire. 
to honor you. It's not just lip service, but it's heart service, heart going with the lip. That means an overflow from the heart to the lips, and it comes out of my mouth as a song to Him. That's how it has to be. And those are the songs that will be acceptable to God Almighty. Not just like, oh, I can sing, I can sing, you know, however I can sing. No, that won't even go past the roof. And it's even worse when it rises up as a stench to God. However, when we seek Him with all our heart and we combine that with prayer, it's not that, well, I'm seeking God with all my heart, so because I'm seeking with God all my heart, I'm going to grow because I'm doing everything. Let me tell you, that person is bound to go to hell because that's Lucifer's spirit. Pride and arrogance combining with religiosity is a package from the pit of hell. If I'm really, really sincere before God, then I'll really be prostrate before Him because I just know that He is so awesome. The more you get closer to Jesus, that means the more you grow spiritually, the more God lets you come closer to Him, the more you see Him, the more you see of His glory, the more you see of His beauty, the more prostrate you'll be on the floor. The more you have the reverence of God, the more you'll be in awe of Him. The more you will have the fear of the Lord to obey Him because you know Him. It's never going to be, hey, I know God, He's my buddy, I saw Him yesterday. Oh, really? You probably saw Satan who transformed himself into an angel of light. It's very important. Very, very important. Someone sent this to me recently. This person wrote this to me. I was reading the Bible and I was reading the Bible all day on a particular day. And while I was reading the Bible, all of a sudden, um, Jesus appeared to me. This person says, I don't believe in God's love. I don't believe God loves me. And and um, the whole twist to all of that. Even if Jesus comes in front of me and tells me he loves me, I'm not going to believe that. And this and that, this person is writing. And then this person writes that, Jesus came. Jesus came to me and Jesus rolled up his sleeve and he showed me his scar. And and he said, this is how much I love you. You see my scar and this is how much I love you. And the person's question after that is, what do you think the source is? Whatever I saw, what do you think that is? Jesus, I saw Jesus. And what do you say about it? I want to know what your, what your input is in this area. When I saw that, the first thing <laughs> that came to me was, whatever vision this person claims to have seen is absolutely not from God because... If you would really have a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you cannot casually send a text like that, and you cannot say that, oh, uh, I don't know who this is, you know, I think it's Jesus, maybe it's not, maybe it is, maybe it's the devil, and can you tell me who this is? You will not. When you see Jesus, you will know that this is Jesus. When you see Jesus, that reverence for God will come there. When you see Jesus, you know, as John the Apostle and Daniel, the prophet, wrote in the scriptures. 
There is a fear of God that will go inside of you and love for God that will go inside of you. And the person says that he saw the eyes of Jesus and has tears in his eyes and and all these things and casually writing and then thinking, really? Really, you can really write like that? When Jesus comes in, that holiness comes in, what happened to Isaiah? And this is a wretched sinner writing this. When Jesus comes in front of a person, the life of the sinner will change. When you see Jesus, your life can never be the same. Thomas saw Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He said, Oh Lord, my God. That's it. No more. You cannot say anything more than that. Tremble in the presence of God. Have the joy, yet the fear of God. And the life changes. You want to read. You want to pray. Everything changes. Everything changes. When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You can never say that, oh, I saw Jesus and he looked kind of cute and his hair was brown and his eyes were lovely and, and uh, I really like him. You can't talk like that. Well, he comes and talks to me every day and, and uh, he comes and says, oh, tomorrow you're going to come and have coffee with me. There are people like this. And God help us. That's Lucifer coming. This is God Almighty. Jesus said, if you walk with him, if you obey him, if you walk with him in an obedient manner and really do that which is pleasing to God, my father and I will come and have our dwelling with you. He said that's true. But it's never in a casual way, in an irreverent way, in a way that he sits across from you and you're just chit-chatting and laughing and joking and he's joking and you're joking. That's Lucifer. Remember, God Almighty is holy, the seraphims. The cherubims that are in His presence, they are there in His presence day and night, yet they cannot see Him. They cannot see His glory. They cover their faces with their wings. They cover their feet. They cover their bodies. These are the angels of God that are in His presence. That's how holy my God is. We cannot talk about God casually. We cannot say things about God so presumptuously. We cannot sing about God irreverently may God help us when it comes to things of God let God's fire burn in every believer's bones I have hidden your word in my heart a choice a conscious effort in order to not violate the holy commandments of the almighty God the servant of God does that. He says, I want to hide the word of God in my heart that I may not sin against him. So there is a goal. If you want to live a holy life, there must be a goal. My goal is not to sin. That goal, that ambition has to be there. It must be driven by the spirit of God. I must not sin against him. So I'm going to do everything I need to do in order for me not to sin against him. And the first step to that is wanting to live a holy life. You see that here in Psalm 119. Wanting to live a holy life. And because I want to live a holy life, I'm going to do everything it takes in order to live a holy life. So what does he do? He knows the word of God is all powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, potent than any any nuclear weapon that's out there. It is destroy the works of darkness. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, 
He takes that and he hides it in his heart. He makes sure that he treasures it. What will you actually hide? What is of value? What you don't want others to take away from you, you hide it. You take a precious, very, very precious jewel. You don't put it on your living room table. If you have a valuable thing, you don't just put it by the doorstep. You just leave it on your ledge and walk around. No. If you value something, you're going to place it in a premium place. You're going to place it in a safe place. You're going to place it in a high place. In a place out of the reach of little children. Out of the reach of thieves. Out of the reach where it can get lost. Somebody can push it. If it's of value to you. And Jesus said this so beautifully in his parables. That a merchant when he saw or when he found the treasure that was hidden. He hid it again and then he went and sold everything he had. Until he had to get it back. He didn't want anyone to touch that. Your word have I hidden in my heart. Your word have I hidden in my heart. It's so important to take the word of God, place it inside. How will you place it inside? Meditate and memorize and memorize and meditate. That's what you should be doing. Take the word of God. Make effort. Say, God, your word is powerful. Do I believe that his word is powerful? See, nothing will work in our lives if there's no faith in it. When it comes to things of God, you need to have active faith. The active faith that God has given to us must be put to practice by my faith mixing with the faith of God, saying that I believe that your word will work. How many of you believe that God's word will work? Whether it's healing for your body, healing for your soul, healing for your spirit, whatever it is, healing in your family, we must believe that His Word will work and it always does work. So, if I do something, I have to do it with faith in the Word of God. If I don't have faith in the Word of God, I'm just doing it as a monotonous routine, it's not going to do anything for me because... Your faith is not in it. If your faith is not in it, if you're just doing, I'm just reading the Bible to read, I'm just, you know, journaling this journal, I'm just, you know, praying because I should pray, I'm just, it's not going to really do much in your soul because your faith has not been mixed with it. But if you mix your faith with it, so when I'm reading, I'm reading intentionally, knowing that this word is doing something in my life while I'm reading because it's God's word. It has power. I'm reading because I'm believing that every word I'm reading is alive now and God is using this to build my soul. I'm memorizing this word of God because I believe that as I memorize this word of God, this word is actually permanently being sealed in my spirit. We need to mix our faith with the word of God while we read the word of God, while we study the word of God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So while you meditate on the word, while you memorize the word, you're going to believe that as I'm doing this, this is going to keep me from falling. This is going to keep me from sinning. This word is going to keep me from going downhill. At the same time, we pray. We say, Lord, your word is bound to keep me from falling. Lord, I'm doing my part to keep me from falling by keeping your word in my heart, hiding your word in my heart. Now I'm asking you, Lord, that you'll use this word as an effective weapon against sin and keep me from falling. We need to pray. And that's what David does over here. He says, I'm doing my part. Now I'm praying, saying, oh, Lord, keep me. 
Let me not wander from your commandments. He's saying, keep me in short. That's what he's saying. Lord, keep me from wandering. Verse 11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. He's not somebody who just prays, Lord, keep me from wandering. And there are some people who say, oh, my heart is prone to wander. And uh, so that's how it is. So forgive me, Lord, keep me from wandering and wander today and wander tomorrow and pray again. Keep me from wandering. Oh, you know my wandering heart. Wander today, wander tomorrow. Keep me from wandering. We'll just deceive ourselves. Wander all the way to hell. It is important for us to pray prayers that will really work. Pray prayers that will align with the Word of God. Pray prayers that will move the heart of God. God will see your effort. God will see you're real. God will see that you're genuine. God will see that you really are taking effort in order to make yourself holy. So God will say, here you go. I give you the power. The Word with the Spirit of God. That's why the Bible says, Spirit and Truth. Truth is the Word. Spirit is the Spirit of God who mixes with the Word of God and makes it potent in our lives, makes it sharper than a double-edged sword to work in our lives. So, your Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. In order for me to live a holy life, His Word, my heart, I do, and He does, and the result is victory 24-7. He gives the word, I take the word, I hide the word in my heart, and the word that he has given keeps me from falling. That's the secret. Now, blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. So we have the word of God, the spirit of God, Holy Spirit, our teacher. He takes that word, he breaks it, and he feeds it. To us, That's what he did during the Lord's Supper. He took the bread, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. Here, this is my body that was broken for you. Here, this is my body that was broken for you. Here, this is my body that was broken for you. Why didn't Jesus just tell them all, all of you, take and feed yourself? This is what we are not for. People taking communion by themselves in their home, just going to the shop right and, you know, or stop and shop and get a loaf of bread and sit over there in the house and everybody take and say, this is the body broken. Lord, I believe, you know, when I eat, this is not some magic source that brings healing. Every day you do it by yourself like you, you know, take a vitamin. Doesn't work that way. If you look at the Bible, Jesus took it. Jesus broke it. Jesus gave it to his disciples with a purpose. There was the shepherd there and there was the master there and there were the disciples there. He takes it, he breaks it and he gives it. They take it by faith and something supernatural takes place as a result of that. Similar to baptism. No one can say that, well, I want to get baptism. There are people I've heard from who went to the shower and they turned the shower on or, you know, filled their bathtub, dunked themselves in, or went to a beach, dunked themselves in, and they came in and they came and said, well, I gave baptism to myself, I got baptized. There's no such thing as you baptizing yourself. Just like someone needs to be there in order to give communion, and that someone has to be someone appointed by God. Very important. Apostle Paul writes about communion, who should give, and how they should give, where they should give. When you all come together to take part in the Holy Communion, in the house of God, Apostle Paul says, through the Spirit of God. Don't behave like how you eat at home. Very clearly, there's a big distinction there. This is something that you do in the presence of God, in the house of God, where 
people of God are gathered together and God has placed a servant over there to take it, to sanctify it and to distribute it. And there is a specific mannerism as how you come together and how you honor the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and how you partake of it. And when you partake of it in a holy manner, you can get healed. But not at home, sitting there and taking bread and sitting and eating and saying that I believe and by, I believe and as if it's some magic pill over here. We take God's word and we use it the way God has told us to use it. Any game, any game or any battle has to be played according to, has to be fought according to the guidelines. Understand, you play chess, you have a rule for that game. You need to move the coin a certain way. You need to wait a certain way. If you don't do certain things a certain way, you lose your coins. There are specific guidelines for how the king can operate, how the queen can take many steps, and how the pawn works, and how the soldier works, and there are specific rules in the game. You can never say that, well, I'll take 10 steps here, I will jump, and I'm not going to do one step. While the queen can just go across like that and go, you know, sideways like this and go straight ways like that, the king can go too. Oh no, it doesn't happen like that. There's specific rules. Same thing for basketball. Same thing for soccer. Same thing. Each game has a specific rule. You can never say that, well, I don't believe in, you know, having fouled three times, five times, you know, I'll do 25 times and I'll still be in the field. No, they'll chuck us out. There are specific guidelines that are there. But when it comes to things of God, people just want to be loose. And I feel, I think, doesn't matter. What you feel and what you think does not matter at all. Our guidelines and our rules, our guidebook is the word of God from heaven. And the author is God Almighty. And we must abide by his principles. If not, he will put us to the sidelines. Which means, outside the kingdom of God, what the things that are outside the kingdom of God. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, we saw that a week ago, outside the city, outside the kingdom of God, are dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, evil people, adulterers, and all kinds of immoral people outside. We have to be very careful. When we take the word of God, the word of God must be taught by the spirit of God. It's not like, I feel that I'm interpreting that people who say that, well, everybody interprets the word of God, you know, whichever they, whichever way they want to, and there's no right way and wrong way. Well, that's Lucifer speaking. God's word is very, 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 very important. And God's word is plain truth. The Bible says, Jesus says that, what has not been revealed to the scholars, he has revealed it to little babes. Who reveals it? He reveals it. Unless revelation is given from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you can read this Bible a thousand times, yet be completely ignorant of what God is speaking at this hour and go straight to hell. It is important to be people who receive that revelation from God, that spiritual eyes need to be open, spiritual ears need to be open. An understanding must be given from God Almighty. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. So important to ask God, to invite God. That's what we do in worship in our church and during these meetings. We invite the presence of God. We invite the Spirit of God. We invite, we sing, Holy Spirit, be my teacher. We ask God to come and teach us. It's important for us to 
have God come where we are and to involve himself in our lives so that whatever work he is doing may really become something that is permanent in our lives. So, it's never that God will just come and do whatever you do. If he wants, he will do it. If he doesn't want, he will. It doesn't happen the way. We must be proactive in our spiritual growth. And we must be proactive in doing our part in our spiritual growth. And we must be proactive in inviting the Spirit of God to be active in our spirit. I want to repeat that. You must be proactive in your spiritual growth. That means you need to do what you have to do. Hide God's word in your heart. Get it from him. Put it in your heart. And you must be proactive in inviting the Spirit of God to work in your life, to work in your spirit. It doesn't happen automatically by itself. We invite God or we invite the evil spirit. If it's open, evil spirit will come and occupy without permission, but God is not like that. Because if you had given the... the, room for the evil spirits for a long time it says that's my house I'm going in but God is never like that God will look for your permission if you permit if you invite if you request if you say Lord please do this for me he will come verse 13 with my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth he's able to say that with my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. That means he was so keen to study the word of God, memorize the word of God, speak the word of God. It's so important. With our lips to declare the word of God. See, taking the word of God, hiding it in our hearts is one thing. That means like we memorize, we keep in the heart. Doesn't mean that, that means that's it. And I'm not going to say anything. His word is in my heart and that's it. I'm not going to sin. No. He keeps me from falling. But you know what? What is in here needs to come out. You need to be a person who speaks the word of God. What you speak is very important. He spoke and he brought the world into existence. And he's created you in his image. You speak God's word and bring the presence of God to where you are. It's so important. Declare, speak the word of God over your life. Speak the word of God over your circumstance. Speak the word of God to your own mind. Speak the word of God over your eyes. Speak the word of God over your ears. Speak the word of God over yourself. So that you don't sin against the Lord. He says over here, verse 14, I've rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. And in short, if somebody got a million dollars, sudden deposit in their bank, or hit a lot or something, they get so happy, they say, oh, I can, you know, wait till I get the money, and what am I going to do with all of that, and they'll all be thinking and planning, and oh, so happy. But when it comes to the Word of God, it's a treasure that is far above all riches. The psalmist says, just like how people would really be happy when they have riches, I'm so happy when I have the Word of God. I'm so happy when I have the Word of God. The Word of God is my delight. It not only keeps you from falling, it keeps you happy. You really want to be happy, be a very happy person, a joyful person all the time? Be a person of God's Word. When you have the presence of God inside you, the presence of God brings joy because the kingdom of God is made up of this. 
righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is. That means the kingdom of God is holy. The kingdom of God is happy. The kingdom of God is full of truth. And the kingdom of God is full of peace. So, when you have the word of God inside of you, you'll be a happy person. You'll be a healthy person. You'll be a holy person. When the word of God is inside of you, you'll be a happy person. You'll be a healthy person. You'll be a holy person. Opposite to people who are complaining. Opposite to people who are constantly depressed. Opposite to people who are angry and vengeful and, and skewed in their thinking. And everything is like warped. Why? Because the word of God has not found its place in the home or hearts of the people of God. They say, oh, I love the word. But you know what? It's not there. Where is it? Is the word outside somewhere or is it inside? Is it up here or is it down here? From here, has it come out of here? Or is it just locked up somewhere and I don't know. I memorized this five days ago. I don't know what it says now. No, that means you're really not keen on keeping his word. Bring it to your memory, through your lips, over and over and over again. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate on your words. That's what I just talked about. You bring it over and over and over again. Say it out loud. Think about it. Say it out loud. While you're working, think about that word. Say it out loud. Think about that word. Sing it out. Think about it. That's what meditation is. Contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Who will not forget your word? Who? Me. My effort in me remembering the word of God is my choice. Your effort in remembering, you remembering the word of God is your choice. How active are you in remembering the word of God? Is it important to you? Is it more important than the things that you know that you can talk about out of memory from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? But how about the word of God that you just heard two days ago? How about the word of God that you just last night? How about the word of God that you just heard a week ago? How about the word that you just heard in the morning call? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. Really? How much care do you take in order to remember the word of God? Is God important to you at all? I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your word. Your responsibility to not forget the word of God. Your duty in remembering the word of God. It's your job. It should become your delight from your job to your delight. That transfer needs to take place. In order for that to happen, you need to be a proactive. You be, you need to be proactive in your relationship with the word of God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Shall we all close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for being with us, O precious Holy Spirit. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Yet how many times we walk like blind people in a dark path thinking that we can 
thinking that we know only to fall again and again and again. I pray, Lord, may this church become a church of God's Word. People who will esteem God's Word more than anything in their lives. People who remember your Word that you have spoken. People who remember to write things down, take notes. People who remember to not just take notes, but to care to go back and read and reread and meditate on it. That they may do what they need to do in order to not sin against you. With faith in your word that you will do whatever it takes to keep us from falling. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you'll bless your people. I pray that you'll continue to draw them closer to you. I pray that the Word of God may dwell in your people richly through faith. I pray, Lord, these scriptures that you spoke from Psalm 119, be embedded in the spirits of your people. I pray, Father, that no one ever say that they don't remember your word anymore, that they may make the effort to remember what you've spoken. Delight in your word, desire your word, O oh, Father, and become a doer of your word. As a servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with. That they may grow in your word. That they may embrace your word. That they may invest in your word that they may be empowered by your word. They may become a doer of your word. That they may do their part to keep their feet from falling. Depending on your mercy and your power to keep them to the very end. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sing your word to them. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a light into my path. Your word keeps my feet from falling. Your word is all I need. Your word feeds my hungry soul. Your word refreshes my weary soul. Your word restores my wounded soul. Your word is all I need. All 
by your word I live. Oh, by your word I live. Your word is all I need. Your word is all I need. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Speaking to us, Lord, so simply, plainly, Lord, directly, Lord, that if we really love your word, we will remember, we will fulfill our responsibility, our duty, our delight, Lord, to remember your word. Lord, it should be the most interesting thing every day in our lives, what you said, not what other people talked about, Lord, what you said to us. Lord, and if we haven't heard from you, haven't sought you to hear from you, that day is lost. We have done a terrible disservice to our own souls. Each one of us treasure your word, Lord, and go to you to gather that word, like the ant, Mm. to hear, Father, from you, not our opinions and what we feel like, to have the holy fear of God, Mm. to have the Holy Spirit interpret the word for us. Mm that we no longer be tossed to and fro like little children, Lord. Mm. Like the waves of the sea. Mm. We'll be, we will be built up, Lord, in your truth. Mm. We'll be able to discern who's speaking mm. whenever we have an interpretation or thought about your word. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that your word mm. is our very life. I pray, Lord, that we would remember even what we heard this evening. Mm. Lord, by the time we say goodbye, Lord, that we will not forget, Mm. but go away from the meeting, Mm. not remembering the greeting, Lord, or the Mm. goodbyes, but the word, what Mm. God spoke. Mm. Because that's what you're after, Lord, Mm. that we can be strong Mm. and grow. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you, Lord, Mm. for giving us a special time, Lord. Mm. This evening you've set it apart. Mm. You've called us to a sacred assembly, Lord, to hear your word. Mm. Thank you, Lord, which so many don't have. Thank you for giving us, Lord. Help us to treasure it, Mm. to apply everything we've heard. Mm. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ... May the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. 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 Amen.